Welcome to the Simply Authentic Podcast, where we hope to embolden you with discipline, personal growth, and abundance to live your most authentic life. Welcome back to the Simply Authentic Podcast. I'm Tanya Murfin. And I'm Angie Mullings. And Tanya and I have been business owners and leaders for many years, and that didn't just happen without a process. We have to have a process in order to achieve that optimum performance level. So we have compared notes Mm -hmm. and broke this down for you to hopefully make it very simple We feel the process contains really four areas of focus, and we're going to be covering each of those start in a series, starting with this particular podcast. Mm -hmm. So the first key area of focus that we're going to we're going to talk about today is really that customer experience Mm -hmm. and how vital it is no matter what business you are in. John Maxwell says you are in the people business. Mm -hmm. So we need to get really good at providing what our customers need. And you know, Tanya, I feel like a lot of people say they're good at customer mm-hmm. service. Agreed. And I'm not sure that how they measure that. Yeah. Well, and we'll tell some stats here in a little bit <clears throat> that really pointed out how many people are really unsatisfied mm-hmm. with their experience, no matter what that is. I think customer satisfaction also is measured with us individually, all of us individually, with a good and a bad experience Mm -hmm. and a recent one. So those go away and things are just kind of a normal measure, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have a really good experience and you want to tell people about it. And now you're comparing other things to that recent experience. Right. Or the other way, if you've had a bad experience, now you're really judgy about whatever Mm -hmm. is going on or what you're buying Mm -hmm. or whatever to compare that to. Yeah. So what you're saying is it really depends. It's it's so individual because it it depends on how I have been treated in the past and what my expectation is. So let's tell our listeners... Let's each give an example of what we feel, in our perspective, was a bad experience. And and yeah, and then we'll talk about some good experiences because we never want to tell the bad without the good. No, we don't. No. So do you want me to go first? Go ahead. Okay. So I'm going to try to keep this really short because I tend to get wordy when I tell a story, Angie. So I had a bad insurance experience recently. Okay. And it's kind of went on now for let's say three months, okay? So it wasn't like one thing happened. It was multiple things happened. And to summarize, I found out through a policy that I got in the mail or a a policy update Mm -hmm. that one of my houses was not covered like I thought it was. So that instigates a phone call. Mm -hmm. And I call and I'm talking to the office manager. So your perception about your satisfaction is that you're dealing with somebody that knows what they're doing. Right. 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 And I think that's important to say at this juncture. So she helps me. And this took multiple phone calls back and forth because I let her know what I thought was wrong with the policy. She had to call somebody. Anyway, she 
calls me back and says, actually, that is not the policy that we wrote for you, what you thought you had. So the policy that had been in place for almost a year now was not at all the policy that I thought I should have had or what I was told I had mm -hmm. rather. Mm -hmm. And it was actually on the wrong house. They were saying that I lived in my rental house, that it was my primary residence. Oh, okay. I so see. two major errors on one policy. Right. And I have multiple policies with them. So I can understand how this could get confusing for mm -hmm. someone, mm -hmm. but I don't have 50 houses. I have a couple of houses. Right. So it's not like, you know, They've got to like run through the Rolodex of houses, sure. okay? So <clears throat> that was the first problem. So I communicate with this person multiple times over mm -hmm. multiple days. It even went into a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Finally, I never get a call back. I never get a follow-up correspondence. So I have to call back in, and I ask for her, and I'm told that she is no longer working there. And that my file has been dumped initially on someone else's desk. Mm -hmm. They didn't communicate that with me. And, and so at that time, I said, I want to come in and review all of my policies with you. For sure. So I go in, and I'm unhappy. Mm -hmm. And this gentleman tries to make me feel happy. He's very pleasant. And so he goes through all of my policies there were other errors, and when I started asking about the the error in the first policy that the woman had been handling, he finally admits to me she left and, and left this on my desk, and I just hadn't gotten around to dealing with it yet. And so that alone is a big, huge red flag to me, um, not to mention all the other red flags right. that have happened. right. So they, we continue this, and he says, I'll get back to you on that policy. He didn't have any answers for me. They mm -hmm. still had not resolved that policy for me. The house okay. was insured, which was what I had Probably. to make sure yeah. of. Yeah. But they still hadn't resolved the errors in that policy and trying to straighten it out. Mm -hmm. I left there not feeling confident, and it took several more attempts on my behalf to get a hold of them to find out where this policy was. I didn't end up getting a refund on this policy for two months because I had left a check that day mm -hmm. and to pay for it <clears throat> because I wanted to make sure I was insured. Anyway, it was wrong, whatever I had paid for, and they ended up... Um, my policy ended up being much cheaper than what she had quoted gotcha. me and what I'd actually been issued. Mm -hmm. So I waited two more months on that check to come. There were other little things that happened in there, but one of the primary things that I need to mention at the end of my poor experience was that the same day I got this refund after two months of monkeying with this, and it actually may have been three. This all happened in September, October, and I didn't get it until the end of December, 1st of January. Okay. Um, and I get this check. Well, I also got another check for full reimbursement of my actual homeowner's policy, the one I live in. So, And it's 8 o'clock at night when I uh -huh. open this up. Uh -huh. So I'm looking at this, and you always get another another. Uh, mail, piece of mail uh -huh. to explain what's happened. Sure. And the check's in a separate. So I had 
multiple envelopes here to open. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm opening and I see that that my homeowner's insurance has been canceled. And the other, the next piece of mail I open in that order mm-hmm. was from my mortgagee or mortgageor. Yes. Why has your insurance been canceled? That my insurance has been canceled mm-hmm. and they're force placing insurance mm-hmm. on me. Yeah. So everything is straightened out now. But I, I tell you all of that to say I have less than zero confidence in this company. Yes. And I will pursue switching agents because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the errors that have been made over and over mm-hmm. and over mm-hmm. have had zero to do with me and my ability to, to explain my homes to them. Right. But all on their behalf of just errors, human errors. And I, I, I have a a huge amount of leeway for human error because Mm -hmm. you and I are in a business that there are errors made every day. Right. And we have agents make errors that Mm -hmm. then sometimes we've got to go clean that up Mm -hmm. and it all has to happen in a diplomatic matter. Right. Manner. Right. But that experience has left me really soured Mm -hmm. on this company. Mm -hmm. And, and it, I think it all is wasn't necessary. I, I don't know how that gets so messed up. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I, I, and I don't know in this case, in your case, if anybody could admit wrongdoing because, or maybe they should have, the person who apparently made the mistake, a list, yes. they, they had a scapegoat, which is what most people want to do. Yes. They want to find a scapegoat. <clears throat> yes. So they had one supposedly that had left. It was all her yes. fault. So they really weren't taking responsibility. To me, and as a broker, I we're always going to admit when we did something wrong and we're going to fix it yeah. because that is service yes. in and of itself is making sure that your customer understands, yes, there is human, human error. And yes. I too have a wide, um, I have, you know, I can accept that because I know we do it. We make mistakes. We're yes. human. Yes. So I, but we're going to admit that we made a mistake. Yeah. And that's what I want to hear from others who have exactly. made a mistake. And in our business, you know, we have paperwork to support the problem. Right. So we can tell who made the mistake sure. generally. Sure. And it can be done with a contract in front of us that there was a box missed or mm-hmm. something was filled out improperly or in an email correspondence back and forth that somebody understood it this way and actually it reads this way. Right. So you and I in our job can usually get to the bottom of whose fault it is. Mm-hmm. And many times that doesn't matter, Angie, because mm-hmm. you and I are trying to save the customer experience. We don't want to lose a client. Right. So Absolutely. whether it was your agent's fault or my agent's mm-hmm. fault, if we're in, in this together to get to closing, right. we're going to say, okay, we have we have a problem. Mm-hmm. How can we troubleshoot that? How right. can we figure that out? It, it, you know, yes, it's nice when somebody can take the blame and mm-hmm. say, that was my agent's error, and we filled that out wrong. But here's where the buyer is. So we to stay in this, here's what we're going to have to have from you. Right. And we either work it out or we don't. Right. And it all comes back at the end, at closing, to what kind of experience did they have. Right. And we're responsible for that, or right. our agents are responsible for right. that. Right, right. So tell me about a bad experience of yours. Well, mine has to do with buying a car, and... A tip for all you car dealers out there, I believe that 
you should, if you perfected selling to a single woman, you would make tons of money because we would refer you over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've I've been I've experienced some a, a dealership where they really cater and understand when a single woman is buying a car. Mm-hmm. No, but agree. Um, this particular situation I just recently had had to do with buying out a lease. I'd never leased a vehicle before. A lot of my friends lease vehicles, and so I thought I would try it. So my lease was ending, and I will say that my experience with the leasing company was tremendous. They were very communicative. They told me what would, you know, what I needed to do. They couldn't. I thought I could just call up the leasing company and say, "I, I just want to, I want to buy it out," and they mm-hmm. would help me finance it. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way it works. They're only a leasing company, so they mm-hmm. couldn't handle the purchase part of that. They said you're going to have to call your dealership, and I flat out said, "Well, that sucks because my dealership." Sucks. I, I there's no way to sugarcoat this because they are not. When you call them, their finance department, you cannot get through to them. Mm-hmm. It says hold on the line and um, do you have an extension? If you don't have an extension, it says sorry. You know, I, I don't even remember exactly what it, the message says, but essentially, you sorry, can't get, sucker. Yeah, yeah, that's what it should say. <laughs> Thank you so much for your business. Um, but I literally, when I needed to call them for anything during the three-year leasing period of my car, I needed to get a copy of, um, for my, when I went to get licensed the car, I needed to get something from them to go, um, uh, renew my license mm-hmm. and the, the paid tax bill, because mm-hmm. the paid tax bill doesn't come to you oh, okay. when you're leasing. Makes sense. So I, I, I had to call and ask for somebody in that, in sales, because the salespeople answer the phone. Yes, they do. And in order to get to a finance person. So when I went to try to finance the vehicle, again, called sales, got somebody to talk to me. He got on the line with me and I thought, oh, well, he sounds pleasant. He'll probably take care of me. Mm, no. He said, I'll send you an email and you can fill out an online application and then we'll take it from there. I said, fantastic. So I open the email and I click on the link and I fill out a little bit of my information. It won't let me go any further because they've got something wrong on their end. Like I think my zip code and something else was wrong on the other end. Mm-hmm. So I email him and I said, sorry, I can't go any further with this application because something is wrong. It's telling me there's an error. Mm-hmm. Didn't hear anything. Didn't hear anything. Three or four days go by, still didn't hear anything. I think thought, I, you know, I'm getting close to the end of, I've got about a month left and I need to get this taken care of. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go back in. I'm just going to try the link again. Well, sure enough, they changed my zip code. Didn't tell me that I needed to try again. No email correspondence or anything saying, we fixed the problem, you can try again. No, I don't know what would have happened if I hadn't just arbitrarily gone back in and tried to do it again. Right. So I fill out the application Crickets, nothing, don't hear anything. But then the calls from the sales guy start coming. We hear you want to buy a new car. We hear you want to, you know, get a hold of us. No, I don't want to buy a new car. I want to buy the car I have. And no one from finance is calling me back. No, not responding to emails. I called and left messages. Finally, I went to a very nice credit union in Springfield and got a car loan to pay. And it was done in like three days. And check sent, pay off. 
And I don't know. I'm, I'm not a car dealer. Maybe they don't make any money when you buy out a lease. I don't know. Yeah. So maybe I, don't know I was. Either. But here's the thing I'll buy a car again and it will never be, be from there. that yeah. dealership ever it, again. No, it just takes one bad experience yeah. to put a really sour taste mm-hmm. in your mouth. And so, do you think we are, as a society, we're more inclined to tell about a bad experience? Or about a good experience. We're more inclined to talk, talk about a bad experience. We are. We, we really are. are. Yeah. And that's when you talk about customer loyalty and, and building clientele, it takes one bad apple, one bad experience to really mm-hmm. ruin you. Um, and in our business, it's all about repeat and referral business. It is. And, all of it. And that's why we're really taking care of the client because we don't we don't want to have to start over every time with new clients and, Heavens no. and, and try to build a, bu- a book of business. So... Yeah. All right. We got the bad out of the way. I need a glass of wine. Me too. Me too. <laughs> okay. That's, the bad's out of the way. Bad's out of the way. We're going good now. Now we'll give an example of, of yeah, some good experiences yes. we've had. So mine's kind of short and sweet, and this literally just happened in the last two or three days. So mm-hmm. I, it is very fresh. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the company name. I would give it, but it's a new company that I haven't used before, and it's not just Fred's Tree Service. So, okay. So I'll have to look it up, okay. which is sad, but I can't remember what it is. But anyway, I hired a tree service to take a tree down in at a house that I own. Mm-hmm. And it's a big tree. And okay. this company was cutting a tree down in our parking lot at work a few months back. Mm-hmm. Never heard of them before. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they've been around for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so... I took a picture of it and called and said, hey, do you give free bids? And they said yes. And they went out and gave me a free bid. It was very economical for this giant tree that I thought I was going to pay thousands of dollars to come down. And they said, we can get to it in a few weeks. I said, actually, let's wait until after the first of the year. I don't want it on this year's taxes. I want it on next year's taxes. Mm -hmm. So... They uh, did exactly what they said they would do. We'll contact you in January. So they called me on Monday of this week. They said, uh, we have an opening tomorrow. Could we come out and cut your tree down? And I had to reach out to the renter and make sure it was okay with him. And it was. And I said, sure. Mm -hmm. So they worked me in. They called me at the end of that first day and said, we're not quite done. And this was the office lady calling me. Okay. We're not quite finished. They'll be back tomorrow. Is that okay? Can you, are we going to disturb your runner? Can you let us know if that's going to be okay? And actually my runner had already left town. So I was able to just say, yes, that's fine. Mm-hmm. The second night I got a call from the tree guy and he said, we're finishing up, but I got to come back tomorrow morning and do just a little bit of cleanup is that okay? Like I was getting contacted at the end of each day of where they were and I hadn't went over there yet to talk to anybody. So they didn't ever see me, Mm -hmm. but it was as if somebody on site had my phone number, knew who they're working Mm -hmm. for. The office lady knew exactly what was going on. Mm -hmm. And then she called me last night and said, we're all finished. Um, I'll email you the bill. We want to make sure you're satisfied 
if you can drive by in the next, because she knows I don't live there, in the next day or so and make sure we left it clean and to your satisfaction, that'd be great. And then leave us a Google review. And I just went ahead and told her, you have communicated more than anyone I've dealt with recently. Mm-hmm. And I feel very well taken care of. Mm-hmm. And and then she kind of went into their history, how long they've been in business, mm. and that they do a lot of large companies, uh, rental companies here mm. in town, leasing okay. companies. Yeah. And the different things they'll do. And she said, we love realtors, so Mm -hmm. we'd love for you to refer us. And I said, you'll get my next referral. So it's amazing what a good experience, how it makes you feel. Absolutely. And communication is what that boiled down to. Oh, my gosh. And we're going to talk about the the best tools. Huge. It's it's amazing what some communication will be. I don't know what your expectation was. I don't know if you expected them to be done in one day. But whether you did or you didn't, they were following up with you every step of the way and communicating yeah. where they were yeah. and that's that's essential in that customer experience i'll need their name by the way okay yeah you got it yeah <laughs> i'll look it up okay <laughs> so what is your good well experience? i have i have a couple because okay. i want to impress upon our listeners that it starts the very minute you either walk in a door or make a phone call yes it and if you don't have the right person sitting at the front desk, or you don't have the right person who you can hear is smiling yes. over the phone, yes. then then you've got a problem yes. to start with. So I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a professional shopper. What? Yes. New news. So, breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> I, and, and so just really quick, a couple of examples of, of how people make me feel how I felt when I walked into these establishments. One is in old Colorado City, um, Colorado. And one of my favorite things to do when I travel is to find these cute little unique shops. Mm -hmm. I love to shop local whenever I go somewhere. And so we were just walking down the street and there's this place called Sweetwater cute, quaint um, window boxes. And and you can tell from the look of it, it's just, it's well-maintained, it's taken care of. Mm-hmm. And apparently it was, the owner is an insurance agent, but her mother had a flower shop there and then her mother mm-hmm. passed away. And so rather than just, just <clears throat> to keep the flower shop, she made it a gift store and Ooh. a flower shop. Oh, okay. So you walk in, there's ambiance, there's, there's some light music. Everyone working there is wearing an apron. Mm-hmm. You know how some places you go in and you're not sure who's working there yeah. and who's not? No name wanna... tag. Yeah, yeah unless exactly. they say something to you, you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. So they're wearing aprons, so they're easy to spot. I like that. I start to work my way back through the store, and I'm with a couple of friends, and she sees us looking at something, not being pushy. She's not standing over my shoulder looking to see, you know, what it is I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. She could tell by the way we were standing there, kind of, oh, what's that? Wait, you know, she came over, and she was so knowledgeable. She explained everything about that particular thing. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, that's interesting. And she didn't push us to buy anything. She was just knowledgeable. Right. You could tell she had been trained to explain about the products in their store and then let people go. So then we meander to the back. Same thing happens at the back. We're towards the back and I pick up something and she said, oh, you know, did you see that you can do this with that? And I hadn't even thought about that I could take the top off and I could do whatever with it. So... Just having somebody there to, again, it was all about that experience. Mm -hmm. And I, when I left that store, I immediately 
followed them on Facebook, on the, all mm-hmm. their socials. Um, when I went back to Colorado again to visit my friend there, we I wanted to. T- I was with different friends, and I said we have to take them to Sweetwater, mm-hmm. and so it was just. So you're a repeat customer. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the same goes here with Brown Derby Wine Center. I feel the same. You walk in, there's soft music playing. I love jazz. So, you know, there's this Mm -hmm. jazz pie. And you can't be in there very long, a couple of minutes before somebody comes up and says, are you finding everything okay? Yeah. And they've got people on site that know the wines, Mm -hmm. that know the beers, that, you know, and then... Of course, you've got Tim in the Derby Deli, and can't say enough about Tim. We've mentioned him before. Right. But that's the point I want to drive home is is it starts the minute that door opens yes. or yep. that phone call goes through. How you feel, how you're greeted, mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. reception of you being there, right. that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Agree. Right. Yeah. So one word I want to ask here and ask your opinion on, it because we've given our good and our bad stories, mm-hmm. I wonder how many institutions and companies and corporations teach empathy mm-hmm. in their training. Mm-hmm. Because I was recently on a phone call with my mortgage or, and the lady on the other end, I, there's a check that my bank sent out that couldn't be found. And it was a Fairly large check. So, mm-hmm. of course, I'm a little worried. Yeah. And I have already been told to wait a number of days by my bank mm-hmm. for it to get there. And anyway, this person on the other end was not trained in empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she lives, Lord knows where, mm-hmm. in the United States. And was almost very um, – she was very almost mocking – my that I was worried about this mm-hmm. and and like to the point of hateful mm. like she was very hateful about it mm-hmm. and I felt a little disparaged mm-hmm. by her mm-hmm. and in those moments you want to say can I talk to your boss but again this is not something the check is out there somewhere right right and if it's not I can always cancel the check so mm-hmm. it's not going to, you know, I can't do anything about right. that, it's and neither can she. Right. But she had zero empathy. Right. So do we train for empathy? I don't think you can. I really don't think that you can. You just have to possess I, I it? I remember, yes. And and I remember when Sam, well, I remember hearing a, a, a speech by Sam Walton, maybe not a speech, but in, it seems like he was accepting a, an award mm, or, or okay. on, he was being interviewed for some reason. And he said, um, they ask why, you know, this, and this was back in the early days. What? How do you? How do you get your your people to be so friendly? And he said, I can't teach them that. Their mama taught them that. Yeah. And you either have it, I think, or you Agreed. don't. And and the unfortunate thing in today's hiring environment, sometimes we make hiring mistakes mm-hmm. because for different positions, because we just need to put butts in the seats. We mm-hmm. just need to put somebody at that front desk. We just, and we sacrifice sure. because we can't get that right person on the phone. Yep. And, and unfortunately it hurts. I believe it hurts our bottom line, but I don't know. It's a challenge everywhere you go to find the right people yeah. and, and get the right person doing the right job. So yeah. I, I don't believe it can be taught. Yeah. I, I think you can, I think you can do some training. You can help them to see how they might reword themselves, yes. um, how they might um, 
approach different things. Mm-hmm. You may have to give them scripts yeah. or something. I was going to say reactions to objections. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I think you're either... You either understand empathy or, or you or you don't yeah, really. Agree. And you can be you can be trained to do a lot of things and, and to be more to have some maybe better listening skills and some more problem solving skills right. based on scripts and that kind of thing. But I'm not sure that you can really teach empathy. Agree. So um, I I know you know we want to give give our listeners some. I know you've got some statistics here. We really want to throw out at you I in do. terms of. Um, how it can help your bottom line there. Well, so I looked up customer satisfaction and there was a CX trends report there. And in their blog, it gave lots of details about it, but I'm just going to give a couple. Uh, Customer satisfaction is a measure of how happy your customers are with your service, right? We know that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They said 60% of companies surveyed gave themselves high marks for service. So you and I are sitting here. How do you think you do in service, Angie and Tanya? Well, we think we're pretty good at it, right? That's what we're going to say. Right. Always room for improvement, but we're going to say we've been in this long enough. We've it's one of our it's one of our skills. It is we've we've developed that over time. Mm Sixty eight percent of customers said Mm -hmm. there's room for improvement. Mm -hmm. So that's more than fifty percent and almost seventy percent. Right. And fifty four percent reported that customer service feels like an afterthought for most Mm -hmm. of the businesses they buy from. Most yes, most. So fifty eight percent are not even considering maybe how that customer service experience should feel Mm -hmm. to their customer. Merely 18% of buyers are extremely satisfied with the number of communication channels businesses offer them. 18%. But I believe that. Oh, I believe it too. I believe it. Less than 20% say resolution speeds are extremely strong. Mm -hmm. You and I have both not experienced. Right that recently, or maybe we fit in that percentage. And only 20% report it's easy to interact with businesses. So that is poor. Yeah. Really poor. Yeah. Uh, The source of that was Zindex blog. So... It tells you that we've got a long way to go in customer Absolutely. service. Absolutely. And, and yes. really, that's why we wanted to hit on this today, because we do feel like we've been successful. Now, we both agree that we're not perfect. We'll never Heavens reach no. perfection. No. That it's, I believe... You know, the customer, the consumer today is different than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. We've both been in this business for a while. So the expectations change. Yes. You, you know, with technology and, you know, people expect you that one where you said that they didn't, um, the channels of communication weren't what they expected. Right. You've got to be willing to communicate with the client where they need you. That's right. If they're simply a texter, <clears throat> then you must text. You need to text. Yep. If they just want to do email, then you must email. If they're really old school and don't have any technology and they want you to pick up the phone, you, you better, better pick, up, pick the up the phone. Yep. So we really want to give you some of our tips and tools that we have used over the years in terms of trying to get to perfection in customer satisfaction. And so we're just going to run through some of those. We want you to really take note. First of all, anticipation. Anticipate client needs. Mm -hmm. Our clients in the real estate world want us to be ready and and willing to take on whatever challenges come our way. And Mm -hmm. they want us to read that before it actually happens so that they don't even know 
that it's happened. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Many times we feel a disruption or we continue to check up on something. We're not getting an answer. We start getting that little heebie-jeebie feeling, Mm -hmm. and you may encounter a problem, but you haven't let your client know yet because you don't know exactly what the problem is, and you don't know how you're going to solve it. So a lot of times we're already managing the problem before our client ever knows about it. Right, exactly, which... Which you just hit on the second one there is managing disruption mm-hmm. and being able to problem solve on mm-hmm. the fly because it's it's really important. That's a huge part of our job. Absolutely. And I think managing the disruptions, it means that we have to be educated, knowledgeable. We have to practice our expertise all the time. Absolutely. And we're in a very changing industry. Mm-hmm. You know, that the housing market in the last four years have been just something that we've never seen before, very different, something you and I have never experienced in our years of being in the business. And so that's something that you and I are constantly re-educating or educating on a Something new, a new Absolutely. idea. Absolutely. Yeah. And and back to technology, it's it's changing our world and everyone's world constantly. So we have to stay on the edge of that. Exactly. Clear communication, we've already yep. kind of talked about, but I will I do want to emphasize listening on that. Clear communication isn't you always talking. No. I've always said that realtors probably talk too much. We do. We need to practice listening skills yes. and make sure we're listening all along the way. Because if you are listening, to lenders and and your your lender, your appraiser, your inspector, and those little heebie-jeebies, like you said, start mm-hmm. to pop up. It's because you're listening mm-hmm. to what they're telling you, and you are anticipating what that might mean. Exactly. So, and every client is so different, and every house is so different. If you're not listening, you're missing a huge section of our jobs. Yes. You need to shut your mouth and listen more. Exactly. Uh, And uh, along with our communicating, we have to have checklists, Angie. Yes. We, I don't know what I did once upon a time without a checklist, but Mm -hmm. there was once upon a time I didn't Mm -hmm. have a checklist. And, And I probably learned from missing something that, Oh, this would be much easier if I just had a pattern of behavior and a checklist. Right. 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 Um, we have to be flexible mm-hmm. and the ability to adapt. Absolutely. Many companies have to do that because oh. you've got irate customers over mm-hmm. various things, mm-hmm. right? You're dealing right. with a lease. The next guy might be trying to just buy a car. Right. And can't right. get somebody to call him back. Who right. knows? Right. We have to be um, persistent and have tenacity. Yes. We know that just because someone says no, and I'll give the example of a lender, let's say you have a client and you send them, they choose a lender, however they choose their lender. And let's say that lender says no. Well, maybe it's not no completely. Mm -hmm. Maybe we need to stick with that person and persevere with them and have some tenacity. Maybe it's just not the right fit for them, Mm -hmm. that particular company. Maybe we need to recommend someone else. Maybe we need to recommend them to get um, consumer counseling, to help credit issue, whatever that, you know, we have to remain persistent and and persevere through things um, to help our clients win. And along with that goes follow-up, right? So if you're not, if they're turned down for the loan today because their credit score is a little low, Mm-hmm. they're going to be a buyer in the future. So your following up is instrumental in you still being their choice if maybe they have to wait a year. Right. So if you're right. not following up with them and maybe guiding them, okay, well, 
let's, you know, call this person who is good at credit repair. Mm -hmm. And let's see if we can get your credit score up in the next year. And Mm -hmm. then we can look at going back at this again. So our follow-up is... And I think... A lot of people drop the ball on this. Yes. It's it's one and done. They've, they've yes. sold the car or sold the house or whatever. And then their follow-up just, they, it falls off. Yeah. There is no follow-up. There's no follow-up. Because, and, and, you know, we're giving you these tools and these tips that have worked for us. And I think there's one over, oh, going above the line of expectation. Yes. And really all these things are truly about that. Yeah. There is a line of expectation, and we've had Terry Tucker on the show before. She, in her book, she talks about the line of expectation. And the line of expectation is just, if you are above the line, like every every realtor can show a house, can can write a contract, can you know get their get their ple- people with a, a lender, that's the line, the clear line of expectation. Right. To really have long-term referrals, repeat business, people who know your name six months after the transaction, no matter if they've walked into your store or bought a house or bought a car, Mm -hmm. they have to, you have to work above that line of expectation. Mm -hmm. And that builds loyalty, Mm -hmm. customer loyalty. Yep. And attracts new customers because the loyal customers are going to refer new customers to you. They're right. going to refer their friends and their family. Right. And right. and I think, Angie, you and I had talked about how do we perfect this. You don't. Mm-mm. You can't perfect this experience. However, I think there are a lot of companies out there and a lot of realtors who have gotten really good at it. Mm-hmm. And you and I both know that we don't feel perfect in, in our satisfactory game with our clients probably mm-hmm. um, but we're always trying to reach that perfection Absolutely. and we will we're willing to relook at what we're doing mm-hmm. every year to mm-hmm. make sure that we are going way above that line of expectation right I think most companies have I, no matter what your business is, I think most companies today have some sort of a survey that they send they out. Do. And yeah. at the end of the year, you get your results from that. And we're always in the 98, 98% percentile. And we've never been 100. And I tell my agents, we'll never get to 100. No. Because A, like we've discussed, the expectations are always changing. That's right. And you have new people, new agents coming in that have to be trained. And so we're... We, I would love it. That would be wonderful if we could reach 100, but it's not even really realistic right. in yeah. my mind. But, but, I, but I think striving for the 98 mm-hmm. yeah. keeps us on top of our game. It does. It and does. keeps us getting those referrals. Mm-hmm. And for these companies that we've mentioned today mm-hmm. that we were happy with and that we weren't happy with, <clears throat> I know there's probably a better company in there. Mm-hmm. And maybe an experience that you and I didn't experience. Right. But sadly, that's how your repeat customers fall off quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It takes one <clears throat> bad experience. So hopefully this has helped you a little bit. Yes. We've given you some tips and we'll put those in the show notes as well so that you can follow up with that. But, you know, I think if you're, if you're wondering about whether or not you have 
good customer, you, you provide a good customer experience, the best way for you to, is to ask. If you don't That's have right. a survey, get a survey. That's right. Or just ask your client, yeah. what could I have done better? Exactly. And we have to, that's the only way we grow is if we ask the question and that's get right. the feedback that we need. That's right. So Angie, moving forward, <clears throat> we're going to try to work on helping companies, people, mm-hmm. consumers, mm-hmm. organizations work on strategic plans And we kind of have four pillars that we're going to be concentrating on so that we're going to bring our listeners different ideas on something like customer satisfaction and Mm -hmm. and having you stop and think, are my customers satisfied and how can I improve on that? Yes. So this is just one of the many things that we have planned. We're going to bring you more information. And like I said, like Tanya said, we're we're working on our strategic plan so that we can roll that out to all of you if you would like for us to come and do, do a more deep dive on that. Mm-hmm. So look for that and some other th- great things that we have coming in 2024. Yeah. We're excited. Yes, we are. So this has been a great session. We hope you guys have enjoyed it. And we will thank Gershman Mortgage for their nice studio we get to record in. And we will catch you next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Simply Authentic podcast. Be sure to hit follow so that you can see each episode as it pops up weekly. 